Hi, I'm with uh, Barbie Engel, uh, and she's uh, almost a celebrity, or she is a celebrity. She's done reality TV, and she's going to be talking about pain management, and she's written quite a few books. Uh, the latest one is called From Wheels to Heels, and she has an interesting story about um, being an athletic and then having to deal with all our disabilities with pain and suffering. So I'm going to bring on talk to Barbie about her, uh, uh, what her books and, and her past is all about. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Seema. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for doing the podcast. So tell me about your history with uh, pain and all that stuff that you went through. Yeah, so uh, the worst of it started in 2002. And so it's this year's 20 years and I actually had endometriosis prior to developing a rare disease. So I went through the challenges of endometriosis, which for, for your listeners who are male and might not know, uh, it's when your uterus grows outside of your, your, or your lining of your uterus grows outside of your uterus. Wow. And it's, that's quite painful. But then I was in a car accident and it triggered a neuroautoimmune disease. And I went from being athletic, like you said, to being bed bound and wheelchair bound, to being on food stamps, losing my job, my company, lost cool. everything and had to rebuild a life and figure out a way to do that in the midst of trying to get the care that I needed. Wow. So what were you said you were athletic before? So what was your life before your uh, accident? I was a cheerleader, a dancer. I did track team, soccer, swimming. I was very, very physically fit. And at the time of the accident, I was the head cheerleading and dance coach at Washington State University, which is a Division One A school. We were rated top in the country. Uh, we were in the top five. And I had just that year won uh, top five choreographers in the country and uh, was living my best life. And that it went from that down to having nothing and not knowing where to turn to or where to go. And I wanted other people to have the ability to get what they needed. So I started advocating as soon as I could. Wow. So what was the turnaround? Like, how did you go through from that extreme hardship, especially when you said you were uh, homeless and stuff? So that must have been really hard for you to, like, lose your past, you know, as a Christian you know, oftentimes when we go through these big trials, that's when it's like the all moment, you know, whether you're going to trust God or not. And yep. I'm sure it would have been really super difficult for you when you lost everything, uh, including your health. So how did you turn that around? It actually brought me closer to God. And I hear from so many patients that say, oh, my gosh, how can you think that God would let this happen to you? And and. I say, it, it, God's not letting it happen to me. I'm here on earth to serve a purpose. And I always thought, since I can remember back to the age, at least of four, I'm going to be a cheerleader. And I, I always thought physical cheerleader. And in this process of losing everything, God showed me that he wants me to be a cheerleader. But instead of being a physical cheerleader, I'm supposed to be a mental cheerleader, a cheerleader of hope and possibility. And that he was with me and he was going to lead me through this. And when I let go of my uh, stress and anxiety of all the things that were collapsing around me, he showed me the path and the way through to live in his light 
and be able to serve him to serve my purpose here on earth and to change my focus of what I thought a cheerleader was to realizing that all the tools and things that I needed, I learned through cheerleading. And now I can use those tools and talents that God gave me and his blessing and take it into a new direction that's actually able to help humanity and show people that he has grace and he wants us to have hope and and live for our purpose. And all of our purposes are different, but that's what I was seeing and experiencing as I was going through the hardest times. Yes, you're definitely like a witness for God and how he handled and turned your life around, which a lot of us, you know, we need that reminder because, you know, when we go through things, sometimes it's hard. I think many turn away from God at that point and some get closer. But still, I think it's important to see that, you know, when other Christians, as they suffer and, you know, triumph over their hardship, that God is still there. Yes. And so you've written all these books, which I'm going to share your website. Um, and I wanted to hear about your from uh, Wheels to Heels book. I was looking at your website. You've actually been writing quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. the, you wrote like... Uh, eight books or so? Yeah, I have nine now. So there's one missing from that list. (laughs) The one that's missing is called I'm Possible. And I co-wrote that with with some other authors. And it was about life lessons similar to uh, the Wisdom of Ingle, which is five generations of life lessons told through stories of our family. And um, and I'm Possible is, is a similar book, but it's uh, uh, writers outside of my family uh, that were participating and taking part in it. But I got to do The Wisdom of Engel with my father, and I think it's a very motivational book. And he passed away in 2016, uh-huh. and we actually used this book to uh, help our family through the grief of of losing our patriarch of the family and um, and sharing the stories with each other and, and the grandkids and and uh, continue to do so. So I'm really excited to to have this book and to share it publicly. And Wheels to Heels, like you said, is is my newest book. And this one is uh, my story, but through telling my story of the challenges of, you know, at that time, I I think 15 years of going through the health system, I uh, also weaved in tips, tools, and resources that I wish I had or that I created and wanted other people to know about so that they can get through any chronic life uh, health challenges easier. And this book, it does go through a lot of my story and journey with different surgeries and learning how to navigate the the billing aspects of, of the health system, how to talk to your doctors. There's a chapter on spirituality in there. And it really just weaves us through that journey as well as share so much information of how to get the help that you need and showing people that we're all individual in our needs. When it comes to health, we might have the same condition, but we're going to have different needs and how you find out what your needs are, how you create that oasis around you so that you can live your best life moment to moment and, uh, you know, giving yourself grace and and dignity as you go through all these challenges. That sounds great. So are you still suffering from the pain and all that stuff that you've been through? 
I go in and out of remission. I am pretty well managed, but I have to continue treatments. I do infusion therapy and as well as some other uh, treatments that help me get through. And um, as you can see on this cover that's, that's showing, I um, say wheels to heels, meaning wheelchair, being wheelchair bound and then wearing heels. And that was one of the first things that I did. I created a bucket list when I was at my worst. And one of the things uh, that I did when I actually went into remission the first time was go out and buy a pair of high heels. And um, it, it took me a while. This year is actually the most I've worn heels uh, since 2002. Well, that's awesome. Uh, but I started. Well, thank you. I started wearing those heels back in 2009, but for very short periods up until this year. And I've been able to do a lot more this year. Yeah, that's probably a great motivator, you know, yes. like being able to do all that. So what's the other books about the RSD and me? RSD and me is about the specific rare disease that I live with. And I actually have multiple conditions, but this one is the one that affects my life the most. Reflex is anything in your body that's automatic. It goes haywire, so swallowing, food digestion, my heart, um, uh, cr the ability to cry, actual tears. They're all disrupted. And then sympathetic is your nervous system. And that feels like burning fire pain all the time. Some people have it regionally in their body. And for me, I have it full body. So it affects all the areas of my body, including my internal organs. And that burning fire pain is there all the time. But then there's other pains that come. And dystrophy is loss of muscle and bone, which is why I was in a wheelchair for so long. And I uh, have broken my toe just stubbing it. Wow. Um, or broken my foot stubbing my toe. Um, things like that, that, um, I have a bone missing in, in my, um, cheek, my right cheek. So there's things like that, that, um, people don't think about and you look like a normal person, but these invisible challenges can affect your life greatly. So well, that's what, yeah, especially when you're so fragile inside, you know, if you can break bones and, you know, eat away at your muscles and stuff, that's terrible. And I, I'm assuming now that you must be in remission, right? To be able to. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm actually um, getting infusion therapy in a couple of weeks because I, I have been having a lot more down days than up days lately. So it's time for some more infusions. And I also, um, about a month ago uh, and the month before that, I had two falls and I injured, um, uh, I bruised my right hip, but I actually tore a muscle under my left rib cage. And um, so I'm still healing from that as well. So this is all from your autoimmune disorder? Yeah, this is all from the autoimmune disorder. And the way that it attacks my body leads me to um, balance proprioception, um, which is balance and coordination challenges. So um, I do have a tendency to fall. I also live with migralepsy, which is a uh, form of um, epilepsy that causes seizures from migraines. And also there's certain light patterns like fluorescent lights that set off my seizures and so I have to be really careful about my environments and how long I spend in the, even a grocery store because most of them use uh, the cheap fluorescent lighting yeah. and um, that that can affect my brain. So there's a lot of challenges. And although I, I look healthy, I have days where I don't look so healthy. Um, well, I fully understand what you're coming from because, you know, this invisible health, you know, you can look fine on the outside, but 
inside, you're just eating it away, you know, with all kinds of health problems. So I do totally understand all of that pretty well. Uh, so what's this uh, remission possible? Rem yeah, remission possible is kind of a secondary book to RSD and me. This um, RSD and me was uh, from 2002 to 2009 in that journey and, and teaching people how to get through the health system based on all the mistakes I made. Remission possible is to teach people when I went into uh, infusion therapy, I was in a wheelchair and seven days later, I was able to walk out of the hospital after spending those seven days in ICU. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, remission possible is my journey from that procedure all the way right before that procedure all the way uh, through to a year later, talking about how and what remission is. A lot of people think cure. I was thinking cure. And um, it was just basically adding new skills and tools back into my life that I was not able to do for so many years. And what that process was like for me and for my husband and family in that journey that that we all took together, going into remission and finding out that, yes, it's possible to get some of the things back in life. And no one can take away the the accomplishments that I had even prior to getting sick. Yeah. But it's not a cure and you don't just get all of that back. So part of the autoimmune disease, because I've had several in my lifetime too, and it starts to attack your own body, but it's like a specific organ, you know, that do you know, like which organ is out of control? Well, um, I've had multiple, my gallbladder had to be removed because it just died. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it wasn't getting proper blood flow. My stomach has gastroparesis, which is secondary to the RSD, but it can also be a standalone disease. There's many people that live with gastroparesis um, without having RSD. So that's gastroparesis is when your stomach is paralyzed and it and it can't um, properly function food through. And mm -hmm. so food, I'll eat food and it'll sit in there for, for hours to days. Wow. Um, I also had two heart valves go bad. and um, and then I had 26 inches of my intestines uh, die. That's and crazy amount of yeah, medical sorry, 24 inches. They were going to cut out 26 of the inches. And um, I was able to get stem cell therapy. And that's been helpful with my heart and my stomach and intestines. It's not a cure. It's remission. But it has been helpful. And I use my own stem cells. I would, I would not recommend anybody ever use somebody else's stem cells. Those are given to you by God. So, um, it, look into it and talk to your doctors if you're going to do a procedure like that. Um, what about like natural stuff? I've, I've done, I don't like to take a lot of medications to me. Stem cells were natural because they came from me. Yeah. Um, but I don't like to take a lot of medications. I try to avoid daily medications as much yeah. as possible. So I look for alternative treatments. And uh, and I have done things like the biome testing where they test your microbiome and tell you what are your what are the foods appropriate for you individually. I'm yeah. very into um, natural things that can heal and help and yeah. that are right for you. So for instance, I found out through that testing that tomatoes, although they're a really big food in our society, and, and I love ketchup and, and spaghetti and sauce and all those things, uh, tomatoes are not good for me. Uh -huh. And and so through that individualized testing, I was able to find out these are the things that I can have in my everyday life 
that are good for me. And these are the things I need to cut out or, or eat in moderation. And, um, and so it's been really helpful. I also use the oral orthotic. I use uh, virtual reality, uh, mindfulness meditation. So I use a combination of things to help me be the best I can be each day. And, um, I've even this year tried some, some yoga and I've had to modify it a little bit, uh, based on my disabilities, but, um, it's been helpful to add that also yoga and things like that into my, um, everyday living. Wow. That's a lot that you're dealing with. So what is, uh, the pain code about how to manage pain? Yes. The pain code is a book that walks you through the minefield of the health system. So oftentimes, especially as children, we're taught you go to the doctor, they heal you and, and you go home <laughs> or they send you home to heal. And that's really not how our medical system is set up or designed. And if you, uh, like me, did not get any instruction besides listen and listen to the doctor and do what they say, you can fall into a lot of, of uh, traps with, with the health system and you don't get the care you need in a appropriate or timely manner. So the pain code walks you through different steps of the insurance process of the uh, talking to your medical providers, um, creating a living will, the importance of getting individualized care and how to do that, uh, laws in different states and how uh, healthcare is on the most part, for the most part is uh, led by each of our states, we have some federal mandates, and then states can decide from there what they want to do with that. And uh, each state decides for itself. So it goes through that process. And what state do you live in? How do you find the information you need? Or how do you advocate for the, the treatments you need for your medical condition in your own state? And so that's what that, uh, that's what that book walks you through. And then this uh, now is a journal that um, goes along with the book. And this allows you to um, uh, write out your living will, uh, keep notes for your medical doctor. I created a one pager is what I call it and uh, how to set that up and, and, and bring your own one pagers to your medical appointments to help your doctors. Uh, When I um, tore my rib muscle about two months ago now, I, um, I had given my doctor, I'd seen him the week before, just happened to see him the week before and had given him my one pager. And when I called to say, I don't know what's wrong. It feels like my spleen's ruptured. It's extraordinarily painful. Um, He said, just head straight to the hospital. And he uses my one pager by calling the hospital and saying, these are the most recent issues for Barbie. And they were able to take me through the system at the hospital without having to hook me up to an IV, they were able to get me straight into to a uh, CAT scan to see what was going on underneath my rib and um, get me through the process that would be best for me as an individual patient because I was able to give him that one pager and he was able to not have to go through my five feet of medical records, yeah. and, which is how tall the printed records are. This book helps other people have that same process and ability to get through the, especially when it comes to emergency care, as easy as possible. Yeah, it's a good idea to have like a short list of everything that they can just look through to get immediate attention. Mm -hmm. Um, So now this looks like a fun book. This is, yes, a relationship book that uh, Real Love and Good Sex. My husband and I did a uh, television show with the doctors on CBS and um, the uh, 
when we when we were contracted to go out and do the show, we had a different topic. But when we got there, they said, can you actually talk about how to keep your relationship strong when one of you lives with a chronic condition? And it was a Valentine's Day special. And we ended up having a lot to say. And, and they cut most of it off the air. But um, we realized we have a whole book that we could help other couples with keeping their relationship strong and um, the importance of uh, having that partner that's there with you and can bring you through the uh, conditions that you're living with in the life challenges, but also keep your relationship strong uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And this book walks uh, couples through that process of um, keeping your relationship so strong. Your name's Ken and Barbie. Yes. Uh -huh. That can't be a coincidence. No, that was a, that was a sign from God. I, I um, was like, I'm not going to date. I, I just need to concentrate on my health. And Ken was my new neighbor. And, um, and it was God's way of saying like, don't pass this person up. I'm giving you Ken because Ken goes with Barbie and, he has ended up being everything that that you would want in a in a partner and in a marriage. And we at that time did not know I had th this rare disease that was going to affect me the rest of my life. We learned that together. We discovered it, and he saw the good in me even when I couldn't see the good in me. And I thought I lost all these things. He could still see the positivity and the talent and the hope that I felt I lost. So. Um, Again, a gift from God. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think that's a big blessing to have and, someone that you can share with us. And it happens to be, I mean, that's like God's got a little sense of humor there. Yes. Like, and he drops, God drops pebbles for us as we go along. And if you're not listening and you're on the wrong path, the pebbles get bigger and bigger and you start tripping over yourself. And yeah. then, and then all of a sudden there's a boulder in front of you and you have to, reevaluate and assess and it's God sending you signals or for me that's how I feel it's him say saying go this way or find a way over under through around but you're not on the right path and and you know giving me a kin to go with Barbie it it just was something special that he like you said he had a sense of humor and said okay I need you to pay attention and listen because you're not supposed to be living life alone you're not supposed to be going down this path let's redirect and it was a Perfect timing in a great way, as God usually does, to bring something. And the into other life. aspect of it is kind of spiritual too. That you know, Ken and Barbie is supposed to uh, like be perfect and beauty, and you know, like that's what it represented for all the kids and Americans, right? Right. And you end up having this other life with hardships and stuff. So it's kind of like playing on words, Ken and Barbie as well. Absolutely. So that's incredible. Um, Thank you. So, what about the reality TV show that you're you were in? What was all that about? <laughs> well, we we did a show on TLC, and then I also have done a show on um, the Weather Channel, the the um, Game Show Network, and uh, all you know, ABC, CBS, NBC, all all of those. But the the fun one was uh, it called Extreme Time Cheaters. And basically they came in, the, the crew came in and, and followed us around for about a week to film different aspects of our life. And we showed how we created tips and tools in, in an oasis in 
out of the need because of living with a rare disease, but it helps us save time and energy. I, I, you know, time is, is money, but I count it as energy pennies versus, you know, dollars that we live with, you know, in, in, in the, in the financial world. So how I spend my energy pennies and how I save my energy pennies so that I can live more life. And when we, again, when we first signed up for the show, it had a different name and then they needed something that was sexy and catchy. So they changed the name to Extreme Time Cheaters. But we got to showcase our charity work that we do. And we got to showcase the different things that we do around the, the around our lives inside the house and outside to um, show people uh, the way that we live so that we can live more life. Now, they do have a writer and a producer on the show so they'll let us act out a scene and then they have a producer come up with say it this way say it that way let's tape it and by the sixth time you're saying it it's just a seed of truth with a story that's really interesting to the audience watching so (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a fun thing and you get paid to do it and um i really enjoyed being part of it all of that Are, are you like an official actress too as well um, I do. Uh, I am on IMDb, which is where they rank celebrities, and I'm typically in the um, near the top hundred thousand in rankings. Um, so, but it, it fluctuates every week. They re-rank everybody, and there's about 14 million actors, actresses that they rank, and so I'm typically pretty high up. And um, although I just see myself as a normal person fulfilling God's purpose for me on earth. And part of that is being a spokesperson. And um, I say reality personality more than an actress, because I get to mostly live my own life. And then except for in the in the um, situations, like if it's a talk show, you go on and talk about your real life. If it's a show like a reality show, it's a seed of truth that they make into a storyline. And, um, and you get paid and it's fun. And uh, I enjoy it. It's something outside of straight healthcare and my health and the challenges I face that is fun to do. And I enjoy it. Yeah. I'm definitely giving you many blessings, including that to be able to do fun stuff and have a spouse and, you know, like you have this one bad thing that's kind of ruling your life, but then you got many other good things that are there and you're now actually my second celebrity yet. So I'm I'm (laughs) honored. Um, so tell me other stuff that, um, would be helpful for the audience to know about you and how to manage stress and, you know, the disabilities that you've been going through. Absolutely. I am currently the president of International Pain Foundation and, uh, the, the foundation does four areas of focus, uh, education for patients, caregivers, and providers, awareness for the public. A lot of times, uh, I wish the public could understand more what we were going through as patients, chronic patients, that they could help us help society so that we could have a, a bigger role and, and do more in society. So sharing and raising that awareness in the public is really important. Uh, social events, a lot of times patients will isolate themselves. So uh, we host events to get people out of their house and be social with other patients. And that's really important. And then uh, access to care, which is patient mentoring one-on-one and getting them the right providers for whatever condition they're they're living with. 
as well as working on legislation, both federally and state uh, legislation. We've actually done some in some other countries as well, such as uh, Australia and Canada, to make a difference in the laws that tell providers how they can treat us. And um, there's a lot of work needed in those areas as well. So, and I look forward to, in 2023, I have a goal of doing more research oriented work. So um, I look forward to taking on some research projects as well next year. Wow, you're very busy. Yeah. So <laughs> what's your long-term goal as to like where you see yourself? Long-term, I want to keep growing and learning and bringing hope to the world and uh, through that process. And um, I like I, I'm the president of International Pain Foundation, but I also work with multiple organizations like Global Genes and uh, Rare Disease Legislative Advocates and NORD and um, many other organizations, the American Legion, to uh, help the community and help the people of the community better serve the community because it's the people when we come together who make a difference in where we live, what we can do, and helping each other fulfill our purpose on earth no matter what the purpose is yeah and that's good to you know be able to outreach to many people like that i'm sure god has a good plan for you so and i i because of all the, the health stuff i go through i take things on like gig work or um projects instead of saying i'm gonna be this the rest of my life i try to take on a project that i think will be impactful or meaningful for a community that I want to help in, in that project. And um, I, I put that as my focus and I have created a bucket list and I've been working on getting things on my bucket list. Some of them are personal for me. Some of them are things that will help the, the chronic pain community or disease specific communities. And um, I'm just going down my bucket list and I, I, I'm not going in order. I'm just jumping around randomly, but I'd like to, before I, before I pass away, I'd like to fulfill my um, bucket list. And as I get things checked off, I tend to add some new things. So it kind of keeps growing <laughs> and it's, it, it's, um it's not going to stop until I've fulfilled my purpose here on earth. And as I feel compelled to add something to the list, I, I do that. Yeah, that's great. You should write a book about that. Um, so like the chronic pain stuff, though, because all this stuff that you, is it going to require pills and drugs? Or is there a way to manage pain without drugs? There is no uh, magic pill. <laughs> yeah. Even even if somebody took a pain medication, it lowers the pain that the person is going through. It doesn't cure it. It doesn't take it away. Uh, I'm hoping that we can find actual cures for specific conditions, especially rare diseases that don't get a lot of uh, focus, attention, uh, research. Mm -hmm. And there's over 7,000 rare diseases. And there is um, only 5% of those 7,000 plus have a cure or even a treatment. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of work that needs to get done. But there is, if you go to internationalpain.org, we have disease-specific conditions listed out, and we have a whole bunch of treatment modalities that some of them are medication, but a lot of them are other options that a patient can do in their life to get some relief and help lower those those uh, pain numbers. Well, the so, number one uh, natural stuff, because I have to deal, I you know, I've had things over my 
lifetime too. And I had to find natural ways because I wasn't going to be able to keep taking drugs for everything. Right. And one of those things that helped me tremendously was the the turmeric root itself, not the powder, but the root. Okay. Yeah. That one is a natural painkiller and it's anti-inflammatory. So like you literally will feel it within like, you know, the next 10 minutes if you took. And so for like those chronically pain that are all over, even if you take a little bit every day, you know, that would. Anything that can lower inflammation, which is what you're saying, anything that can lower inflammation is something that can be beneficial to you. And um, it's something you should talk to your provider about and say, hey, I don't want to take pain medication or I don't want to take prescription medication. I want to take things that are natural, that are, yeah. that are um, capsaicin or, you know, other, other things that can help with yeah. reducing that inflammation in your body. Definitely. I mean, there's a lot of natural stuff that people can research. The only, you know, like with pain stuff, essential oils, stuff because you're like, oh my God, I'm in agony. But at the same time, if you're getting opiates, you know, and they can be addictive. And if you are really in chronic pain all the time, they're going to give you heavy dosage of drugs, painkillers. And then, you know, like eventually, I think that also wears on your body too. So yeah, you can you can get a dependence to it. There is actually addiction. They call it the addiction gene, but it's like multiple genes in a body. And um, there are people who are just born that they could become addicted to something, whether they want to or not. Mentally, yeah. um, lifestyle and environment, you may not want to do it. But then once it's introduced to you, um, you know, one to two percent of the population can can have addiction without even having a lifestyle or environmental impact. So um, it's definitely something that people need to pay attention to, do what they're comfortable doing and um, have those conversations with your medical professional, whether it takes, you know, a couple of appointments a month till you get on a, a correct pattern or get the options, you know, talk to your doctor. Hey, I want to know what helps besides medication that's prescribed. I want to know, you know, can you please help me? There was a point in time where I had a, a medical provider prescribe the use of a hot tub uh, to help with my muscle wasting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, then insurance covers part of that uh, hot tub fee, whether you have your own hot tub or you need to go to a, a um, warm swimming pool or a hot tub facility, they have those out there. So look for things that will help you. I kind of create an oasis in your life. and. Um, I've created one in my life and encourage other people to do the same. So find the things that will help you. There is no magic pill. There is medications that can be helpful depending on your situation. There is essential oils. There is um, non-invasive treatments. And it's important to start with non-invasive treatments and don't just do one thing. Just like I say, there's not one pill. It usually takes a combination of treatments to get the help that you need. So don't get stuck on one thing. And if you have been doing something for the last five years, reevaluate what you're going through. And have you improved in that five years? Is there something new that came down the pipeline, like mirror therapy or, or something else that you might be able to give a try that's non-invasive that could potentially help you with what you're doing now or replace some of the things that you're doing now? 
and in your care. So have those conversations, bring it up and don't get stuck in a rut of doing the same thing year after year after year. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I only have a couple minutes left and I will share all your links and, um, uh, and where to reach you uh, and check out all your books. It's fantastic. You're doing all that work. And Thank I wish you best in continuing all your bucket list items. And um, do you have any last thing that you want to say? Or I do. For everybody listening to this Saved and Loved podcast, please leave a rating. Let Seema know that she's doing a great job, um, that you're getting good information from these uh, podcasts that she's doing. And uh, anytime you can leave a five-star rating, it's appreciated not just by me as a guest, but I'm sure uh, Seema and the whole team behind the podcast are excited when they see those those ratings come through. And yeah. it also helps other people find the podcast. Let's get them some help. So keep sharing and keep doing great things. Thank you, Seema. Thank you. And I'll talk, I'll be in touch. Thank you so much. And you have a great day. Thank you.